Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. Happy 4th of July weekend to you. In our next segment, we'll have the headlines of the week, including the latest TV ratings for FIFA World Cup Soccer. In segment three, we're going to take a look at this crazy NBA free agency period. There's some ludicrous money being thrown around to players that are not elite players. But then also, we have billionaire owners chasing millionaire athletes because they can raise their franchise value, they can sell a lot of tickets and merchandise. We'll go inside the chase for LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, and others. That's coming up in segment three. In segment four, Jeff Ma. He's the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. Ma was also the focus of the hit movie 21 with Kevin Spacey. If you saw that one, it was a good one. How good is Ma at playing blackjack? He's banned from playing in the casinos. Ma's going to talk to us about the importance of making a business decision, especially as it relates to these NBA free agents. That's coming up in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at at SBRadio. We're on Facebook, facebook.com backslash sports business radio. I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, just some crazy money being thrown around to guys like Amir Johnson and Drew Gooden. These aren't the names that we thought would kick off the NBA free agency period. I know. I saw that news. I'm like, who? What? I mean, and you got to, I mean, think about it. That much money for one of those guys like that? They are living the life right now. They're like, how'd that happen? Well, and it makes the case for the owners when they go to the bargaining table next summer with the players even worse because the players are going to go, wait a minute, if you're losing all this money, how can you give out contracts like that? It doesn't make sense. Sports Business Radio Headlines, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Coming up next, you're listening to Sports business radio this is sbr back with more after this this is brian berger from sports business radio i know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin to me it's an easy call Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, it is the talk of the sports world. We've never seen a free agency period like what we're seeing in the NBA. When the clock struck 12.01 this past Thursday, the free agency period began and boy, Griggs, lots of players being overpaid. We'll discuss that more in our next segment when we break down this NBA free agency period. But uh, it's just ironic to me that the owners and even Commissioner Stern, who came out at a press conference in February at the All-Star Game and said, we're going to lose $400 million this year. They're handing out money like it's Christmas morning in the last week. And this is to not LeBron James or to Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh, the guys we'd expect to get big contracts. These are Amir Johnson and Rudy Gay and uh, Darko Milicic. This is a problem for the owners. I think next summer, if you fast forward a year from now, they're going to have a hard time explaining all these expenditures. Yeah, it's it's really kind of shocking, like you said. I mean, with the you know the money situation, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we found all these millions of dollars to to pay these guys that you know really aren't people you would suspect getting paid that much money. It's, it's, it's odd. Well, it's funny how big the LeBron James story has become. There are actually odds out on where the LeBron story is going to be broken in the media. Three to one odds on Twitter and on TV, a website, five to one odds, a blog, eight to one odds, a newspaper. <laughs> That's outdated. 50 to 1 odds. So there's literally odds on where the LeBron James signing is going to be broken. LeBron did come out this week and say that July 5th, that's the target date for making his announcement as to where he will sign. We're going to talk about the NBA free agency period much more in our next segment. Our next headline, the FIFA World Cup round of 16 averaged a 3.1 U.S. Nielsen rating. About 5 million viewers on ESPN and ABC. That's up 41% and 87% respectively from a 2.2 rating and 2.7 million viewers in 2006. Now this year's round of 16 was helped by the fact that the U.S. team was playing on ABC June 26 against Ghana, pulling in an 8.5 rating, 15.2 million viewers, and the U.S. team didn't advance past group play four years ago. So the ratings are up, and I think more people seem to be tuned in to soccer in this country. But, uh, you know, it would have helped a lot if the U.S. had been able to get past Ghana. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I watched that USA game. It was uh, exciting soccer, and it was fun to watch. But I have noticed, you know, I'm not as much into it without the USA in, in there. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping up on it kind of out of the corner of my eye, but not definitely not viewing a whole game right now. Our next headline, also soccer-related, Nike appears set to become the official shirt sponsor of South Africa's national men's team as the South African Football Association is close to ending its 12-year relationship with Adidas. This is according to Business Day. Keep your eyes on that if you're a fan of such topics. Our next headline, this is ugly, and we knew it was going to be ugly at some point. Tiger Woods. Reports out this week, he could be paying his ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, $750 million. It would be the most expensive divorce settlement of all time for anyone. Woods would get the estate on Jupiter Island, Florida, 
the properties in California. There'd be a ban on single women that he's with around his children. He would have shared legal custody of the children. Elon gets the homes in Windermere, Florida, properties in Sweden. There's a ban on her ever talking about the split or anything that went on during her marriage with Tiger Woods. And that's the key point. I'll come back to that in a minute. And then she would also get sole physical custody of the children. What this is about is this was a humiliation for Elon. And she's bitter about it, obviously, as most any of us would be. But it's also about the fact that Tiger Woods has already paid millions of dollars in hush money to some of these women that he was with. So if you don't want Elon to write a book or a memoir and tell all, this is the price of what that costs. So uh, Griggs, very, very expensive mistakes for Tiger Woods. Unbelievable. I mean, that when that came out, that figure, it's just like, wow. I mean, that is, it's just crazy. You can't even put your hand, I mean... You know, you and me that that don't make that kind of money is just unbelievable when you think about that. It's just shocking. Well, Michael Jordan's report, Michael Jordan's divorce reportedly cost him $300 million or so. That was very expensive. Most people think Michael Jordan is the gold standard when it comes to endorsements for an athlete. Tiger has eclipsed that. Boy, Tiger better be out there making a lot of money, not only on the tour, but also with endorsements. I don't care who you are, $750 million to pay in a settlement if this figure is true. And it's been reported by the AP and the San Jose Mercury News. It is a ton of money. Our next headline, the NFL and Nickelodeon are going to produce a football-themed cartoon series. Kids everywhere will be happy about this. They're teaming to co-produce a football-themed cartoon show that's set to debut in September. And it's this is according to the Sports Business Journal, the show titled Rush Zone, Guardians of the Core. We'll have a plot line featuring the typical superhero good versus evil themes with the lead character named Ishmael visiting each of the league's 32 stadiums as part of a quest to save the world. Now, Giants quarterback Eli Manning and Saints coach Sean Payton have already done voiceovers for the appearances, and there's going to be a one-hour movie the day before the Super Bowl with Rush Zone, Guardians of the Core. You know, I'm actually surprised, Griggs, that something like this hasn't happened sooner, and that in the NBA, you would think with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard. You would think leagues would have entered into such cartoonish theme series agreements sooner than this. I'm surprised it hasn't happened before. Well, you know, with all the Pixar and Toy Story stuff out there, everybody's into the tunes, you know. And then I love how they're using the voices of the guys because that's going to keep, I think, that'll I'll tune into that because I'm like, oh, what? how's, how's this guy sound on the mic, you know, and how's his you know, character come out. So I, I think it can, can be pretty cool, I think. Well, also, it's great for product placement. So if they want to do some deals with the NFL sponsors and place some of the products like they do in the movies, like they do in TV shows in this series, it's a golden opportunity for that. All right, coming up next, we are going to take an inside look at NBA free agency. Billionaires met with the key free agents on the market this past week. We'll discuss how those meetings went, what the selling points were, and we're going to talk about some of these ridiculous contracts that have already been extended to B and C list players. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. 
Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm dusting off my golf clubs and looking forward to enjoying the gorgeous Oregon summer weather on the golf course. Like many of you, I'm on a budget. I want to tee it up when it's convenient for my schedule, and I enjoy playing golf courses that deliver a private golf club experience. That's why I want to tell you about the Ghost Pass at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. The Ghost Pass is Oregon's premier frequent player program that allows you to play the world-renowned Ghost Creek Golf Course for over half off of the regular greens fees. And with your Ghost Pass, you can make your tee times 14 days in advance. The Ghost Pass program sets itself apart by offering a competitive tournament program, which includes one exclusive Ghost Pass event at Witch Hollow. The Ghost Pass is available for only $150, and here's the best part. When you sign up for the Ghost Pass, you'll receive a complimentary round of golf valued at $150. So you literally can't lose when you purchase the Ghost Pass. Go online to pumpkinridge.com and sign up for the Ghost Pass today. I'll see you on the links. What were the terms that got that big deal done? These guys know. Sports Business Radio. Well, we're going to spend the next few minutes talking about the much ballyhooed NBA free agency period. It started last Thursday at midnight. And boy, a lot of people have been waiting for this time for a long time. You look at a team like the Miami Heat. They have two players under contract. The New York Knicks. They have four players under contract. These are franchises that have mortgaged their futures for this free agent class. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Amari Stoudemire, Carlos Boozer. We saw Dirk Nowitzki and Paul Pierce opt out of contracts. The other thing to keep in mind for this summer from the player standpoint is there's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement in place Next summer. What does that mean? It means that the length of contract is probably going to be reduced. Right now, you can sign for a max of six years with your own team, five years with a new team. In the new collective bargaining agreement next summer, that will likely change to either five and four or maybe even four and three. If the owners can get it down to three and two, they'll try. But the owners want the number of years for guaranteed contracts to be greatly reduced. So if you sign a contract this summer, the last of which is under this current collective bargaining agreement, it's grandfathered. It doesn't change when the new collective bargaining agreement goes into effect. It stays in effect. That's why you're seeing some guys like Richard Jefferson, and I think this was still a stupid move, opt out of a $15 million contract after a very poor season in San Antonio. But what he's doing is he's saying instead of one year and $15 million, I'd rather sign a four or five year deal at $10 million. So a 40 or $50 million contract instead of just a one year $15 million contract. Guys are trading average yearly salary for number of years. That's what's going on. Now, let's take a look at some of these unbelievable contracts that have been agreed to Thus far, and keep in mind, until July 8th, we don't pull out the legal documents and write this all in pen. So things could change, but verbal agreements have been given by several players. Joe Johnson, $119 million maximum deal from the Atlanta Hawks. Are you kidding me? Joe Johnson is not a maximum player. If you want to read my prerequisite for being a maximum player in the NBA, go to my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. I have outlined all of that. Rudy Gay, Memphis Grizzlies, gets an $80 million maximum deal from them. 
Griggs, Amir Johnson, averaged six points a game last year. Gets $34 million in Toronto. Channing Fry had a pretty good year last year, but would be an average player in the NBA. He's a superstar by no means. $30 million. Darko Milicic, who plays a few minutes a game, got a four-year $20 million deal, and then Hakeem Warwick gets $18 million. The problem for the owners with what they're doing right now is when they go to the bargaining table next summer and they say, you know what, we're poor, we've lost all this money, all Billy Hunter and the NBA players have to do is say, look at last summer. You handed out all this money. If you were so poor, why do you hand out those types of contracts? Really, what it gives me hope and you that we should maybe enter the draft next summer because why well, not? I'll tell you what. Six points a game, a couple mil? I mean, if you're basically 6'8 or above and can walk and chew gum, my lord, you've got a chance. I mean, Darko <laughs> Milicic is not a very good player. He's been a bust by NBA standards. This guy's getting $20 million. David Kahn in, in Minnesota should have his license to be a GM taken away from him. So these contracts are ridiculous. Now, as of this taping, we are still waiting to hear what LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, the big three, where are they going to go? And the amazing thing this week is to watch these billionaire owners and minority owners flood these three players with business meetings. We saw that LeBron basically set up shop in Cleveland and let teams come to him, which, by the way, I think was a good idea, a mature decision on someone's part in his camp to keep him there instead of traveling to Russia and traveling to New York City and traveling to Chicago and going down to Miami. Keep him in one central place and let the, the owners come to him. Now, what wasn't professional on Friday, showing up late for the meeting with the Miami Heat, owner Mickey Arison, Pat Riley, the president, coach Eric Spolstra, Alonzo Mourning. And then you show up late and you show up in shorts and a t-shirt. As I tweeted this week, somehow I don't think Michael Jordan or Derek Jeter would ever show up to a business meeting in shorts and a t-shirt. And if I'm these owners, I look at LeBron James and I look at Chris Bosh, who reportedly has had a camera crew following him documenting his free agency period. And I say... Do I really want to invest $96 million in a max contract in these guys? If you're Cleveland, it's $126 million. I mean, obviously, what these guys bring to the table is several things. Number one is they immediately increase your franchise value. If LeBron leaves Cleveland, the Cavaliers are going to lose $100 million in franchise value. The businesses in downtown Cleveland will lose an estimated $200 million annually. That's a lot of money. So these billionaire owners are sucking up to LeBron James, to Dwayne Wade, to Chris Bosh, because they are the geese that lay the golden eggs. They are very good for business. Not only do they hopefully win you some championships at some point during their career, but they're very, very good for your franchise's bottom line, and that's why we are seeing such competition. Griggs, New Jersey. They took out a billboard right across the street from the Knicks headquarters in New York with a big portrait of Mikhail Prokhorov, the Russian billionaire owner of the Nets, and minority owner Jay-Z. We're seeing Cleveland handing out 20,000 placards that say home on them. They want LeBron James to stay at home. Chicago and New York and Miami 
have literally cleaned out their rosters and mortgaged their futures in order for these guys to sign with them. So, I mean, the other part of this story is if a team like Miami or New York is left at the altar, what are they going to do in the future? How are they going to sell tickets? What do they tell their fans? Because for the last two or three years, they've essentially set themselves up for this summer where they could make this kind of a run at these free agents. And I don't think it's going to sit very well with the fan base if they come away empty. Yeah, and I think it's it's a big enough thing where it, it really could kill the franchise, you know? I mean, Clippers, these franchises where they're not pulling fans right now anyways, and then if something comes down, they only get two contract players on their team or whatever. I mean, it could be a dagger that could really, really screw them up for the next couple of years. Well, the funniest presentation is the Clippers. The Clippers don't have a coach. They don't have a GM. And their owner is widely regarded as one of the worst owners in sports. You probably put him into the conversation with Al Davis, who owns the Oakland Raiders. Donald Sterling, the owner of the Clippers. So... I would have loved to have been in the room for that presentation because it probably landed with a thud compared to Mikhail Prokhorov and Jay-Z and then Pat Riley and Mickey Arison. These are some engaging, um, very successful business people. But at the end of the day, you know, what goes into making these business decisions? We're going to talk about that in our next segment with Jeff Ma, who is the author of a new book that talks about the importance of making business decisions. The book is called The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. And really, it talks about how lessons of blackjack can be applied to making better decisions in sports and business. But, you know, it's just going to be interesting too, Griggs, to see like where the story is broken. As I said in our last segment, the media has been consumed. I mean, Twitter, Facebook, Bloggers, there's a lot of pressure on certain writers and reporters to break these stories. And if they don't, or let's say LeBron James leaves Cleveland, the people covering the Cavs, how exciting is their job going to be? Not very going forward. So there's just so many people that are going to be touched by the decisions that will be made in the next week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's something. It's huge. I mean, it's bigger than I remember in all of the years watching the NBA and going through this. It just seems so much bigger than ever. I mean, it feels like a feels like a world event. It's like we're coming to the Olympics or something here to, to see where all these guys are going to go and it's who's going to break it, whose Twitter accounts hit right. this. It's it's crazy. I'll just be happy when it's over because it has just dominated the media coverage and it's like twenty four seven. You know, something else that these players have to take into account when they're making these decisions. How much of their money do they get to keep? Well, if you go to New York and play, you're going to be taxed heavily. On a maximum $96 million contract, you're going to lose about $12 million out of that. If you sign in Chicago, you're going to lose a little bit over $2 million. Miami is an appealing destination because there's no state income tax. So you're not taxed. You're not losing any of that money that you're getting from your salary. Those are all factors that have to be taken into consideration. But at the end of the day, is it going to be an emotional decision or business decision? We're going to discuss that next and how you can arrive at those decisions with Jeff Ma, who, as I said earlier, is the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. He's also the focus of the hit movie 21, if you ever saw that with Kevin Spacey. He's banned from playing blackjack in Las Vegas And in New Jersey, that's how good he is at playing blackjack. 
This is a very, very uh, big time for these franchises. Some of them have decided, you know what? We're going to save our money. We're not going to give out max contracts to guys. Again, see my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com for my definition of a max player. Joe Johnson, Rudy Gay, they are not max players, even though there are owners throwing max money at them. That's to the detriment of the league. We'll see how this all turns out. Coming up next, Jeff Ma, the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. It's in bookstores on Tuesday. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is Jeff Ma. He's the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. The book comes out on July 6th. You can find it on amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. You can also find them online, houseadvantageblog.com. The book is all about how the lessons of blackjack can be applied to making better decisions in sports in business. If you don't recognize Jeff's name right away, he's the MIT card counting genius who is the inspiration for the best selling book, Bringing Down the House. That book was the inspiration for one of my favorite movies about Ma and his buddies. It was called 21. I love that movie. Jeff, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How did that movie change your life? Uh, well, I guess it changed it a lot. I mean, it, it gave me a platform to uh, talk about a lot of the things that we did and really how they can be applied to both sports and business. I think for me, it kind of all started when I read the book Moneyball. I realized that there were a lot of parallels between what we did and what teams are, were starting to do and what teams should be doing. And that's really what started the whole idea of, of Pro Trade, which later became Citizen Sports, which uh, about two months ago we sold to Yahoo. Um, and then, you know, the, the movie just sort of made that and took that one step further where you know, more people were really interested in the blackjack story, so we became almost like rock stars in some people's eyes, and it became a, a very fun thing for us to go out and kind of talk about the real story behind what we did. Yeah, so let's talk about the book. Um, it's coming out on Tuesday. Tell us a little bit more about the book. Obviously, it deals with making better decisions in sports and business, but what else will people learn when they read this book? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple things that they'll learn. One, I think that they'll hear some of the real stories, the, the, the other stories that weren't in Bringing Down the House and weren't in 21. 
they'll learn a lot about how to make better decisions and, and how to use uh, emotion or, or sort of take emotion out of the decision-making process. Um, I think that in blackjack, it's really funny because, you know, even this weekend I was, I was there in Vegas with some of my friends, and, and they're sitting there playing blackjack, and they're smart guys, and, and you know, they – certainly know what they should be doing, yet they don't really want to be doing it. They ask me for advice, you know, should I hit this, should I stand this, should I double this, and when I tell them what to do, which, which really isn't a subjective thing, it's subjective, it's completely math, oftentimes they don't even listen to me. So it's like, you know, if you're going to listen to anyone in blackjack, you should be listening to me, but yet they don't want to because they are emotional and, you know, their decisions are based on things besides the facts. So in Blackjack, we succeeded by making sure that all our decisions were based on data, were based on the facts, weren't based on just you know some kind of gut feeling that, that we didn't know where it came from. And that's really the lesson that I'd, I'd love to have people take away from my book, which is to say, hey, th- there's better ways out there to make decisions. Now, you took a lot of money out of Las Vegas at the Blackjack tables. Are you still allowed to play there? Uh, I wasn't playing Blackjack at that table we were talking about. I was just standing behind the table <laughs> having a beer watching my friends play. Wow. So you're so good at Blackjack that you're not even allowed to play Blackjack in Vegas anymore. Yeah, pretty much not allowed to play Blackjack in Vegas. Wow. That's phenomenal. Uh, we're joined by Jeff Ma. He's the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. It's out on Tuesday, July 6th. Jeff, I've got to ask you about all these NBA free free agents coming up. I've never seen more hype in any league for free agency than we're seeing right now with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and just a slew of big names that are going to be on the market. And obviously on one side of the coin, and this is what we hear about all the time, the free agents, who are they going to choose? What teams are they going to choose? But my argument also is if I'm an owner, I'm making a big, big investment. I'm going to become a business partner with some of these players. That's a big decision, too. Using your data and your analysis that you use, give me some input on what you would do if you were some of these key players. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's clear that LeBron um, you know, has, has really two choices. I mean, I, th- I think that LeBron, when you talk about the free agency this year, it really is all about LeBron. And the reason it's all about LeBron is because no one's going to do anything really until he signs because everyone's going to kind of hold out hope. It's like holding out hope for the hottest girl in the room, right? You're not going to go after the the second hottest girl until you figure out that you have no chance with the hottest girl. So, you know, with LeBron, I think it's a case of of he's got to think about ultimately, you know, and this is something I talk about in my book, he's got to identify – what ultimately is his biggest goal? Is his biggest goal to maximize money or is his biggest goal to win championships? And if his biggest goal is to win championships, because, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, a small difference in money uh, from some of the different options he has. But if his goal is to win championships, what does that mean? Does that mean to win championships immediately or is that to win as many championships as he can by the end of his career? And I, I would think it's, it would be the latter. He really wants – but how patient can he be? Can he be patient enough – to go to a uh, you know to go to a New Jersey where it's it's not necessarily going to happen next year, um, but it may happen you know down the line where they're able to b- build a really strong team going forward, or should he go to Chicago, which you know has a, probably a pretty good long-term future and also uh, has some immediate chance for success, or should he stay status quo with where he is? Now, one of the things you know that we see a lot, and I talk about in my book, is the idea that when you make a decision in life. Uh, you have to identify that maintaining status quo is a decision to maintain status quo. So in other words, deciding to stay with Cleveland 
is not the easier decision or should not be made the easier decision because that is really a decision to stay in Cleveland. So, I mean, I think if you look at it, Chicago provides a lot of great opportunities because of the financial gain, also the the championship gain, and also just, you know, the the number two uh, market or number three market in terms of Nielsen rating. And, and, you know, it's Chicago, L.A., and Boston. and I'm sorry, Chicago, L.A., and New York, and pretty much nobody else. So he gets everything he wants in Chicago and has a, a great chance to win a championship. And I, I think one thing that's, you know, would weigh on me is, is I think Thibodeau is, is a tremendous coach and the ability to go play for the guy that has devised defenses that have shut him down two out of the last three years would be very appealing to me. Okay, so we've talked about LeBron. Now let's talk about these owners. It's no secret that the day LeBron signs with a new team, if he signs with a new team, that franchise's value is going to go up. If he leaves Cleveland, Dan Dan Gilbert's going to see his franchise value decrease. If you're an owner, what's at stake here for you? I mean, there's a tremendous amount at stake, and especially for someone like a Gilbert. And and, and the, the issue for Gilbert, which is unfortunate, is that he has something that, you know, that we'll call the endowment principle, which means he feels like he owns LeBron and he's about to lose LeBron. So for him, there's a tremendous amount at stake because he's losing something, and we all, we all psychologically don't like to lose something. Uh, you know, I think that the difficult thing that, that you know, plays, plays into all of this is that the NBA, you know, CBA and the NBA salary structure is all out of whack, and these teams are not doing very well. So as owners, you're out there and you're losing money and you're going to sign this free agent. You know, that's the reason that these, the Paul Pierce's and the Nowitzki's of the world are opting out is because they realize this next CBA is not going to be as favorable for players. So they've got to get their money while they can. So, I mean, I think as an owner, if you don't, if you don't get the LeBron or, you know, or the whatever you consider to be the next guy, if you really don't think that these guys are going to win you a championship in the next couple of years, you know, it might make sense to, to take a step back and, and try to see where you are because this next CBA is going to put you in a better position to ultimately uh, run a profitable team. Well, you make a very good point that we've made on our show about the fact that some of these guys, Amari Stoudemire, Paul Pierce, Dirk Nowitzki, they've all opted out because this is the last year of the current CBA. It's probably going to go to a reduced number of years you can sign for in the new CBA. But, you know, something that I think Billy Hunter's definitely taking note of in the next few weeks, the owners have been crying poor. They're going to go out and spend lavish amounts of money on these players in the next two weeks. When they go sit at the bargaining table, doesn't Billy Hunter just say, look, you guys just spent all this money. How can you be that poor? Yeah, I mean, that's a, t- that's a tough one to say because, again, this is, this is where it comes down to emotional decisions versus the right decisions, right? I mean, if ultimately your goal is to win a championship and you don't care about whether your team's you know, P&L is positive, then you're kind of looking at this as saying, all right, well, I'm going to do whatever I can. I have the cap space. I can do it. Even if that signing will put you in a situation where, you know, you can't make your money back via whatever revenue that you're bringing in the door. So, I mean, I I think that Billy Hunter, I I think it's a good point. I mean, I think Billy Hunter is going to be in in a great position to kind of throw this back in the owner's face. Hey, you know what? If you guys are so concerned about salaries, why are you paying these exorbitant salaries for these mediocre players? But the reality is that, that's the way the game is, is sort of – that's the rules of the game right now. Um, and, and we are where we are because of, of the, that kind of you know, emotional decision-making where uh, owners are thinking like fans and really just want to win. And, and at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if that's bad for sports. 
it's bad for sports if teams can't sustain themselves. And, you know, we see contraction in the NBA and we see work stoppages and whatnot. That's horrible for the fans. But no fans are going to be so long-sighted that they're going to think of it that way. So I think owners are in a difficult uh, bind. And I think given what we've talked about, it's a, it's almost the, the most difficult bind they've ever been in because they probably know, you know, from an unemotional standpoint that they shouldn't be shelling out big dollars here. Uh, but they're all going to do it because they have the cap space. We're joined by Jeff Ma. He's the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win in Big Business. You can find him online, houseadvantageblog.com. Jeff, so the use of data and analysis, it's really revolutionizing how businesses and sports teams are making their decisions. You know, from Theo Epstein to Billy Bean to Daryl Morey in the in the Houston Rockets organization, um, maybe talk about how more and more of these GM positions are going to people who use data and analysis and maybe a little bit less for the people who used to play the games. It used to be that we saw all the GMs were former athletes. Now it seems like we're uh, getting these MIT people in there. Yeah, well, I like to call it the geek jock mentality. <laughs> and and what, what used to happen before were the jocks who uh, who the owners uh, primarily kind of just wanted to, to be around and wanted to hang out with. I mean, I, I make a joke in my book that, you know, these guys are, you know, when, when Michael Jordan was hired by Robert Johnson, it was the only time you've seen some guy get hired after he'd already failed, where failure made someone more appealing. And I think in Robert Johnson's statement, you know, he said, I'm, you know, proud to be able to hire my friend Michael Jordan. He might as well have said, I'm proud to be able to hang out with Michael Jordan day to day for the next three to four years. Because it's the only explanation why guys like Matt Millen and Kevin McHale, you know, Matt, Matt Millen was responsible for the worst, I think, five-year run by any NFL team in the history of the NFL. And you know, it's, it's, it's just because this whole pedigree of having played the game with no, zero, and I'm not saying that the jocks can't make great, absolutely great uh, front office people. Of course they can. But before I hire a guy to run my organization, I want some track record that he knows how to run any kind of organization or run, you know, a part of an organization. Like the guys that come up and they run scouting and maybe they run, you know, the the player personnel side and then all of a sudden they run you know it's it's at least they have some track record but these guys that have no track record so when you come in and you look at like a guy like a Theo Epstein or a guy like a Daryl Morey they've had success at some level running parts of organizations and and there's some track record that they're going to have success I don't think it's necessary to say hey a geek is better than the, the jock in this case it's having someone smart that can run an organization effectively versus just having someone that was good at sports it, that that's, that qualifies you a lot more to run an organization. If you ever were offered the chance to be a GM, uh, is that a dream job for you? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think that, you know, if you'd asked me that five or six years ago, I absolutely would have said that. Uh, certainly there's a, an allure to, to running a team and to, to winning a championship. But I, I would definitely have to be in the right situation with the right ownership group. I think it's really, really important as, that the GM has the trust of the owner and that if they make some unconventional moves that they're going to, you know, I, I think what you see a lot in sports is that GMs unfortunately don't have a long-term, they, they don't have a, a long-term shelf life or a long-term career life. So they have to make decisions that are oftentimes not necessarily the right decisions because they're, they're a little bit worried about making sure they keep their jobs so they have enough time to win a championship. You know, that's the, 
if you look at this whole Brett Favre thing, you know, I still contend that, you know, if I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, I'm just tired of this Brett Favre situation. And I know they came close last year, but they didn't win it. And what I would rather see them do is, is really develop and foster a, a team that, you know, they have a lot of great pieces to win a championship and to be a dominant team for the next few years. But they keep meddling around with this Brett Favre thing because it's, it's going to get, potentially get them a championship quickly or, or gets them as many wins quickly as they can and ultimately, you know, saves like a Childress's job for, from a year-to-year standpoint. So, I mean, I think that, you know, if I were – the question you asked me is would I want to be a GM, I would be if it was in the right situation where I had enough long-term job security where I was able to really uh, make decisions that would ultimately help my team win a championship. Last question, now that the book is done, uh, what else are you working on these days? You know, I, I've, I've been really focused on the book. Uh, I'm working on with some consulting projects in the tech space. Um, really have just been very, very focused on the book. And, and I do a fair amount of speaking um, around the book. So I go talk to corporations about how to make better decisions. But mostly the focus has been on, on trying to get this thing, uh, trying to get people to read this thing. I mean, you spend you know, years writing a book. The least thing you can hope is that some people will read it. Any, any more movies? Uh, maybe. I mean, I have some ideas on, on, a, on a potential prequel for 21, but um, we, we haven't gotten too far on it. It's just in the idea process. Excellent. Well, it's so great to catch up with you. Jeff Ma, the author of the new book, The House Advantage, Playing the Odds to Win Big in Business. The book comes out on July 6th. You can find it on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Don't forget to visit his blog, HouseAdvantageBlog.com. Jeff, thanks again. It's great to catch up with you. Okay, thanks. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is NBA Commissioner David Stern. I thought you did a wonderful job of handling the game ball situation. You listened to your players and the owners, and ultimately I thought you got it right. What did you learn from that experience? It probably pays to go the extra step to build a consensus, even though you don't think there's any other view that makes sense. My guest is Jack Nicholas. What are the main lessons the game of golf can teach us if we pay close enough attention? You develop relationships with people. I think you play 18 holes of golf with somebody. You get to know them pretty well. We're joined by Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the BCS. What we want is for the best two teams to play in the championship game. Beyond that, I'm not sure it's really fair to say what's good for the BCS or or what's bad for the BCS. Follow us at sportsbusinessradio.com and on Twitter at SB Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with our final segment, driver Dale Earnhardt Jr. confirmed that Friday night's NASCAR Nationwide Series Subway Jalapeno 250 at Daytona International Speedway will mark his last ride with the number three on the side of a stock car he drives anywhere. This according to the Daytona Beach News Journal. Earnhardt says, there ain't no probably to me running this number again. This is it. I don't need to do it again. I don't have no reason to do it again. This is it. 
Earnhardt is part of a tribute to the induction of his late father, Dale Earnhardt Sr., into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in May, is driving the number three with blue and yellow Wrangler colors, the sponsor who helped propel his father into stock car stardom in the 1980s. Griggs, I think that's a good call. It's a nice tribute to his father, but, uh, you know, Dale Jr. is his own guy. And, uh, you know, the sad thing is I don't think he's come anywhere close to living up to his father's success on the track. He's still one of the most highly marketed NASCAR drivers. But, boy, in the last three or four years, his success on the track has really dropped off measurably. Yeah, I think he, he used the name very well. And, he had, I mean, he was a great driver, had a lot of great wins. But uh, I think the name, you know, helped propel him to his stardom. And I love that quote that you read, how he starts it with ain't. That's yeah. great. It's classic Earnhardt. I mean, it's just like it's classic NASCAR. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I want to remind people coming up in the very near future, we're going to be relaunching sportsbusinessradio.com. Uh, we're going to be able to have the ability to tweet and Facebook things and forward things to people. We're basically joining the the new media revolution. We're a little bit behind on that. You will still be able to access our podcast on demand. And our blog, we're going to have some exciting new blog writers, so you're going to want to definitely uh, check out the new sportsbusinessradio.com. Now, my question is, will we have our own newspaper? Because <laughs> that's where the media is at. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. That's funny. We gave out odds earlier in the show about newspapers. They're a little outdated. All right, lots of thank yous on our show. Our guest, Jeff Ma. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon and New School Media Coaching. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm on Twitter. Follow me at SB Radio. Have a wonderful holiday weekend, and we'll talk to you next weekend right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.